0: Hello, my name is Lloyd, and welcome to the Book of Acts. This wonderful journey through the story of the early church, God acting on behalf of his people, God's people acting on behalf of God. What a remarkable story. We're in Chapter 5 at the moment, going through a four-part mini-series looking at when the apostles were arrested and yet remarkably freed. Today is Part 2. And this is looking at verses 21 to 26 in chapter 5. Let's read it out. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with them, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported, we have found the prison securely locked and the gods standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain and the officers went and brought them but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. So previously, the apostles had been caught disobeying the religious establishment who had told them, do not preach in the name of Jesus, do not teach in that name. And they were doing miracles in the name of Jesus instead of listening to these Pharisees and scribes. And they were caught... And they were put in prison and God sent an angel, broke them out and said, just go back and teach in the temple. So the religious rulers had jailed them. And before the night is over, an angel comes in. And there they are back preaching again. Today we will see a trial beginning as the religious rulers try to take charge of a situation that's getting out of control. They try to contain the early church. Who is obeying God instead of men? So we see here how the high priests came and they, they, they brought together a group of people and they said, Let's bring in the, the prisoners. Um, they bring in the, 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 the Senate of all the people. They sent to the prison to have them brought, and everyone's getting happy and excited. There's going to be a trial. The Pharisees, are, the scribes, and Pharisees are going to win. But The events of last night happened so silently that even the prison guards themselves were not aware. So no wonder the Sadducees who thought it was all buttoned up that there was an easy day ahead of them today. They had a big surprise awaiting them. The apostles were not only free but even preaching the very thing they'd been told not to do and doing it publicly in defiance of these man-centered, man-made laws. And they have chosen to instead obey God and love the people by teaching them the words of this life, all of them, as commanded by the angel. And the gospel is taught. It's important to remember. It needs to be understood, needs to be explained, proclaimed, and demonstrated. If we just do good things, if we just do good as and we try to hint and let people make sense of our deeds on their own, we're not being very loving. We're almost being deceitful, hiding our true intent, hiding our deepest longings, our deepest allegiance, our truest and greatest treasure. No. These apostles were sent to teach and to do so to the people. And we need to teach people to obey God. We need them to to be in an ongoing relationship with God. Being with God, standing before Him, often, daily, hearing the way that He wants us to follow Him. And that's what teaching is about, explaining what God requires, teaching people to obey God's commands in this life helping them into that relationship. What does that mean in real life? Practically, what does it mean today? How do we obey God's commandments? That's what teaching is about, taking the doctrines of God and making them real to people. If we obey God, even if we are imprisoned, God will find a way to free the gospel and proclaim it, either through our peaceful and and content lives within prison, not grumbling, complaining, or joyful and free on the outside, proclaiming the words of this life. God can use either circumstances. So be content wherever God leads you to be. If we obey God, we will find we are a step ahead of the worldly church who still have to bring together their committees to decide on how to oppose God and obstruct his ways. And it says, yeah, when the officers came, they did not find them in prison. They went to look for the apostles, and they returned with this report. We found the prison securely locked, so everything's perfect on the outside, but on the inside, there is no one. It is empty. No one inside. And this could have been Hollywood. The religious leaders who have refused to listen or obey God and have long since stopped following his lead For if they had, they would have been on the other side of this embarrassing story. Instead, they are confused and absolutely lost for an explanation. And now instead, with another miracle on their hands that they have to work through and they have to oppose, one which they themselves have no explanation for because it's their prison, it's their guards, it's their charges that they've, they've, they've raised against the, the apostles. They are the ones unhappy with God and His work, His miracles. And now they need to get their heads around an unexplainable event, all in their backyard. I can only imagine the silence and the awkwardness that followed the strange report of the locked prison with no one inside, and the guards unaware of what happened. What could they say? What could they do? They did not believe in God. They didn't have a category. They didn't believe in the living God. They couldn't say praise God. They did not believe in miracles. They they couldn't acknowledge what had just happened. And we see that this denial goes on for the whole chapter. There's no acknowledgement of the release from prison. It's almost like the elephant in the room is not addressed. How did they get out of prison? Who let them out of prison? The Sadducees could not admit it was true. For this would confirm that God had performed a miracle amongst their prisoners. The very thing they are hoping to not be true. So, they sit rather in silence, because silence is the best thing to do when it's all not making sense. Um, they're trying to digest the system, the this, this, uh, this, this situation. Sorry. What is wonderful to true followers of Jesus is, is the miracle that's happened, is a perplexity to those that are opposing God. As always, it is often harder to deny the existence and the work of God his miraculous actions, his creation of all things. His, it's harder to deny all of that than to trust that he is real, that he's behind everything and all the world. The Sadducees have given themselves more work to do than the Christians. The Christians are now at rest. They were arrested, they were released, they were preaching. They're on the, on the winning side here. The burden of truth and proof now falls upon the Sadducees. They need to validate what's going on. The, the apostles are, are they, they're just doing what God told them to do. The miracles are happening around them. The, it's the Sadducees who need to validate what is going on. They could have, of course, chosen to believe at this juncture. There's an opportunity to believe. But the sin of unbelief prevails. And this is often the root of all other sins. Our rejection of God causes all other idolatry, evil, and sin to appear and make itself manifest. So where now? We sit and wait as the courtroom clock ticks away. What's going to happen next? Now, when the captain of the temple, of the chief priests, heard the words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. So there's this possible silence, perplexity. It is a perplexing and dark dungeon to deny God's existence, to deny God's work, and to try to frustrate His plans and His purposes. Sometimes, in order to obey God, we must perplex the world or the worldly church and cause confusion amongst the worldly church who are the same as the world, mostly, abandoning God. The intent, of course, is never to perplex them, but rather to obey God. The perplexity comes as a result of their disobedience. They disobey God and they get perplexed. Because there's, this is because there's this conflict between reality and this make-believe world. that they're, they're trying to lie about and trying to make stand... They're trying to obey men's commands rather than God's. And that is what doesn't make sense when things don't hold together. So a worldly church can weave so many lies in order to hold things together. They jump over different verses and they don't do that. They won't teach on that because that contradicts that. A gospel church is happy preaching the whole counsel of God. But a worldly church will often contradict themselves because they only, they only preach on that, they only preach on that. And then when they bump into something that they, they can't preach on, they have to tell a lie to get around that. And the lies eventually get all tangled up and it becomes too difficult like what we're seeing today. The glorious truth, in contrast, is self-evident and stands beautiful and magnificent with no need for human hands to help it out or explain it anymore. And so these simple apostles who humbly obeyed God perplex the well-educated, powerful, wealthy, religious establishment. Finally, someone comes to the rescue. But because they bring facts and truth, it's going to make the case even harder for the Sadducees who've moved away from truth and, and, and God's, God's work amongst his people. And it says, someone came and told them, look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. What's wrong with that? It just gets worse for the Sadducees. That's what's happening. A miracle is awful for their case. But now these bold Apostles are doing the exact things that they had been told not to do. Do not teach in the name of Jesus. But they're doing it instead publicly. They're doing it in the temple and they're doing it to the people. When those who have titles will not lead and teach and stick to Orthodox Christianity in the Bible, God will provide, even from stones, sons of Abraham, It is an unbelievable update that they're here. And maybe there's more silence as people try and digest what's going on. Not only these people have escaped prison, but they're doing the very thing we told them not to do. There is this great horror as this act of obedience to God sinks in. These guys have obeyed God, not men. And these guys, the Sadducees, can do nothing about. I think at this point a large number of the Sanhedrin are just wishing they had never tangled with God. Maybe they're wishing they hadn't woken up that day and just slept in and missed all this all these committee meetings. How they wish they had not tangled with God's people. The apostles quietly obey God, but this causes frustration and perplexity for these jealous Sadducees. Similar to how the Old Testament's King Saul, um, his rule fell because of jealousy. He was jealousy. He was jealous because the, the woman sang over David. You know, Saul has killed us thousands. David has ten thousand. That made him jealous, and from that point onwards, his rule began to 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 drain away his authority as he just dwelt in jealousy and bitterness at this rising anointed king, this, this, this David, who would one day be the greatest king that Israel has ever known. And so this religious establishment is going to tear itself apart in the same way as they, they, they dwell in jealousy, jealous of God's glory, that God is getting the glory, sorry. So it says, the captain with the officers went and brought them, but now not with force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. How the tables have turned, but still jealousy, pride, will not be satisfied and the Sadducees must dig further still. The same Sanhedrin that we encountered in chapter 4, who made an absolute shambles of the miracle of the lame beggar that was healed, now must attempt again to sort out their own mess. Sometimes, if we just get on with gospel work, Our opposition falls under its own weight. They they trip into their own traps that they've set for, for other people. So the Sanhedrin is reduced in authority. They can't even force their prisoners to come to the courtroom to appear before them. They need to ask and plead with them. Please, will you come? We're not going to take them by force. We're scared of the people, the people on their sides. And these apostles come along with that. They, they humbly obey. They, they, could have, they could have resisted. They could have performed another miracle and said, we're not coming. But they didn't want to overplay themselves. They just came along with the captain of the guard to this courtroom. Even though they'd just been released from prison, they... Probably, they were probably given the green light by the Holy Spirit to say, just go with these, the, the captain of the guard, just see what's happening. You're going to have a chance to testify before them. So everyone in the city is in awe as the news begins to spread amongst the people, the masses, what has just happened? These guys, have, they, were, they were publicly put in prison, but they're now publicly teaching. What has happened? So the profile, the authority... The publicity of the gospel and the authenticity of the apostles and their message has just shot up amongst the people. And that of the Sadducees, in contrast, has sunk lower and lower and the authority is draining away, just like David's kingdom grew stronger as Saul's shriveled away. So are you opposing God's work in your church or even in your own life or in other people's lives? Beware of the perplexity. Beware of the darkness of disobedience. And come back to Jesus, into his blazing and beautiful, magnificent light today. If you've never followed Jesus, but have been amazed by how he delivers and redeems his people through the story, would you repent and turn away from your sin today? Would you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord of all, that He is the Savior. Would you receive forgiveness from Him? Would you walk in the new life that God has called you to and that He has for you? Amen.